What's up? What's up? What's up, y'all? Welcome back. Hope y'all had an amazing weekend. Hope you all had um, something productive to do. Spent some time with some family. We're starting to get into the groove of we're getting prepared for fall. It's not fall yet, but we're getting prepared for fall. So I hope you guys had an amazing weekend. Um, <clears throat> we are going to jump right into it because today is a very important topic. Um, like I had mentioned last week um, in our episode, we are going to get started with some heavy hitting topics. All right. And so um, we want, I, well, I want you all to know that there's going to be some real talk that's getting ready to happen and we're kicking off today. So for those of you that do not know, September, um, we do observe, um, and it is an, a part, one of the awarenesses for the month of September and it is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. All right. And so <clears throat> this episode is really, really going to be geared towards family, friends, people who are, are, um, are connected to somebody that may either have suicidal, um, uh, um, thoughts, have suicidal tendencies, um, and, and all of the sorts. All right. So I want to make this, um, an abundant, uh, a very clear, give some clarity. Um, there is a huge role that support systems have when you are dealing with someone, not just who's suffering from mental illness, but someone who not only suffers from mental illness, but also suffers with um, suicidal ideation. And so I wanted to kind of take some time and give space to help you all put some tools in your tool belt, in your toolbox, whatever you want to call it, give you some tidbits on, um, on how to help, um, those that are around you. I am not a licensed practitioner. I am not, um, a psychologist or psychiatrist. So these are all things that, um, are just stuff that I have used, done a little bit of research, and it is very basic tools, okay? These are basic tools to assist. One of the greatest things you can do when you have someone in your circle that is dealing with these things is getting them professional help, okay? Um, but in the meantime, I wanted to give you all a little bit of um, tools that you can use and some um, just some things that you can keep in your tool belt to assist the process, okay? And there's gonna be some uh, things that I want you to, um, that I'm gonna give that are from personal experience um, <clears throat> that are very good. And then some other things, like I said, that I have gotten from research. And then I'm gonna give you um, some uh, information on um, hotlines and things like that. So that way you all are kind of uh, prepared, okay? And, and Hopefully, you'll be able to use these tools um, in any sort of way. So the first thing that I want to do is to let you all know that, obviously, mental illness is a real thing, all right? Um, and I want that to be abundantly clear because there are still a lot of people who don't believe that mental illness 
is as big as it is. And yes, we live in the United States of America and people, uh, for whatever reason, you know, think that all is well um, with everyone because we live in such a country. But unfortunately, there's a lot of things that people deal with under wraps. And, um, and, and a lot of people, uh, no matter what generation they've gone through, have dealt with much, much trauma. And a lot of times we don't know how to handle it, right? And so I don't ever want you to think that um, mental illness may not be an answer because sometimes it might be. And so, um, you know, I don't want y'all diagnosing anybody or diagnosing yourself, um, but just kind of understanding that um, anything could be a trigger or a traumatic, a traumatic experience. Um, what might not be a traumatic experience to you may be very traumatic to other people. So I want you to remember that as, um, you know, you're just walking through life because we all do things differently. Trauma, uh, affects us all very differently. And with that, people respond to trauma very differently. Please, that has to be one of the base things that I need you to understand when we're talking about suicide prevention and awareness. Because what might not, what, if we both go through the same traumatic experience, the way I respond and the way you respond could be polar opposite, right? I might take it with a grain of salt and I'm like, you know what? I need to deal with this now because I want to make the best out of this situation. You might harbor and wipe it from your memory, suppress it so much so that you forget it happens until something triggers it, okay? Some people will respond to traumatic experience by wilding out, okay? Whether that's substance abuse, um, uh, you know, uh, gaining, you know, promiscuity might be a, a outwardly thing from it. Some people use it to their advantage and they become super productive with their time and it gives them a positive push. Um, but trauma, people respond to trauma in very different ways. So one of the very first things that I can tell you is that when somebody, when you have someone in your circle that's dealing with mental illness, especially someone that has suicide um, suicide thoughts, is do not compare their response to how you would respond because that can be very detrimental. Um, so the first thing that I kind of want to, um, first off, I, I love always giving definition, right? Um, and so I want you all to understand. So suicide, the definition of suicide is the act or instance of taking one's own life voluntarily and intentionally. Um, another one is ruin of one's own interests. Um, and then uh, the d- second definition is one that commits or attempts suicide. Okay. So I always love starting there. So we understand what what that is. And so um, one of the things that I kind of want to point out is language. A lot of times people say things and, you know, it, um, when someone is feeling suicidal, 
the way they act could also vary. We see it so much that people who are seem the happiest, laugh the hardest, smile the biggest, support the greatest, love the hardest, usually are the ones that end up on the news because they have now lost their life at their own hands. And so um, I, I am uh, wanting to let you all know that um, we need to kind of, when we're dealing with people in our circle, listening to the things that they say, because there's usually a tale um, that they're feeling they might not necessarily be in that in that space right there, but um, the things that people say could give a show that suicide is is um, being contemplated somehow, some way, on some sort of scale. So um, a lot of times they're not going to say, oh, I want to kill myself or I want to die. Usually those are not the words that they say. And I'll tell you why. Because in reality, that's really not what they want. They don't want to leave us. They don't want to end their life. Some of the things that you will hear is, I'm tired. I just want the pain to stop. I don't know if I can go on. I feel like I'm a burden to myself. Um, I'll never feel better. You'll start to hear the despair when they're talking. Um, and so one of the things that I want you to remember is that when someone is feeling suicidal, in reality, they really don't want to die. They just want to be okay. They want all of the, 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 the terribleness of life to subside. That's what they truly want. They want to be able to smile and, and have genuine joy and peace. But because they feel so overwhelmed with despair, they feel like at this point, there's nothing that anybody or myself can do to stop this. So the only thing that I know for sure will stop this is if I remove myself from the equation permanently. So um, <clears throat> so listen to what people are saying. Um, some of you might know, some of you don't. I dispatched for, um, for some time. I dispatched when I was in California and I also dispatched uh, here in Virginia. And one of the things that um, we're taught uh, is how to talk to somebody when it comes to um, suicide and them having suicidal ideations. And so, um, you know, this is not for everybody. I would never tell you all to do this. If you are courageous enough, okay, if you feel like you are in a position where you can handle raw pain and emotion and truth, these are some things that you can do. When you start hearing people say stuff like, I just want this pain to stop. Um, I don't want to move forward. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, then you can start asking deeper questions. Some of those questions 
are, okay, well, how do you want it to stop? Um, Sometimes, depending on the relationship you have with that person, you can ask, do you feel like you're suicidal? Are you feeling suicidal in this moment? Especially if you know that they have had history of suicide, um, suicide thoughts, um, thoughts of suicide. That is an appropriate question. That's not a question for everybody to ask, though. And you have to be very in tune with that person and have a certain type of relationship to be able to have that conversation with someone because that is the, one of the most vulnerable places that a person who's dealing with that can be in. Because sometimes, because it's you're either going to get a true answer or they're going to run and flee. And they're not going to, and they're going to brush it off and be like, oh no. Absolutely not. So if you're going to ask that question just out and blatant, you need to know for sure without a shadow of a doubt that you have a relationship with that person where they know that they are safe with you and can be honest with you. Okay? Um, But one of the things that you really want to start thinking about if you're going to have that conversation is, okay, if they've said yes, do you have a plan would be your next question. Um. Or not, no, excuse me, that wouldn't be your second question that you may ask is, um, how do you, like, how do you want to go about this? Well, I guess, yeah, do you have a plan? So what that consists of is that question of, you know, do you know how you want to attempt um, or have a plan to do it? What it what that encompasses is, do you know how you want to take yourself out? And do you have things in place to make an attempt, okay? And this is that part where I say you need to be able to be in a place where you yourself can handle what may come out of that person, all right? Um, I have had these conversations before. I have asked on numerous occasions, not just with work, but with people in my inner circle, um, you know, hey, do you have a plan? Have you thought about it? Have you attempted? I know people personally that have actually attempted, right? So these are questions that um, that are, are good because what comes next is going to be a very big step, right, after that. Fortunately, a lot of times when I've had to ask these questions, Um, the person has told me, no, I don't have a plan. Great. It's just been something that I've been thinking about. Wonderful. At that point, we're in a place, we're in a, we are in a soft place. If that is the case, um, I have had someone who has told me, yes, I do have a plan. Am I going to go act on it? I'm not. But if I was, I I do have a plan in place. Cool. Um, That was enough for me to know that this is what, um, you know, I I know what I needed to do at that point to set myself up to make sure that things are handled the way that they needed to be handled if things were to go left, right? So those are some questions that you can ask. Um, But like I said, Pay attention to language. Pay attention to language um, on what they say, all right? Um, Sometimes 
you can look at their mood and, and how they react to other people. Um, some of it might be normal, like, um, you know, not being super social, uh, or, you know, just kind of avoiding people. But, um, but there are some specific things that, uh, to take notice of. Um, one of them being, um, like they may stop spending time with specific people. Um, a lot of times we have our, our people that we love to spend time with, no matter who you are, um, we talk to, we'll hang out with or whatever, like we have our people. Um, once that person that's dealing with suicidal thoughts or feeling suicidal, when they start to really detach themselves from everything and everybody, especially the people that you know that they usually cling to in general, that might be something to pay attention to. It's not a for sure sign, but it's something to notice. Um, they're having frequent mood changes. One day they're really up, one day they're really down. Um, or even moment by moment, they're up really high or they're down really, really low. So having some uh, mood changes, some drastic mood changes and things like that. Things that just seem to be out of the norm, but like, you know what I mean? Kind of kind of far-fetched a little bit. Um, they're either starting to sleep a lot more or sleep a lot less. Um one of the things that, um, you know, you'll list when you're dealing with people who deal with like depression and things like that, um, sleeping, their sleeping patterns are very, very, uh, um, um, are all over the place. So they may start sleeping a lot more or not sleeping at all. Um, and that's, obviously based on kind of what their usual looks like. So kind of paying attention to that. Uh, drinking and drug use, uh, being more open to different things that they normally wouldn't do. Um, someone who, you know, if they do drink, they're starting to drink a little bit more excessively or more than normal, um, drug use. Sometimes, um, people will start, um, start using and they've never done that before. So like, excuse me, like an example of someone who may just kind of smoke cigarettes. Um, they start becoming interested in extreme things like, um, you know, taking pills or some sort of, um, you know, party drug or something like that, that just, and it's an, and it, sometimes it can be abrupt. That's kind of one of the more, um, showstopper tell signs where it's like, you don't engage in recreational drug use, but now all of a sudden you have, um, a tendency to want to indulge. So that's, that's something to kind of paying attention to. Um, they're starting to take risks and become, uh, behave a little bit more uh, impulsively. So, um, you know, daredevil type of things, things that they normally wouldn't do any other given day. They're just like, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and do this. And it is very out of character for them. So kind of looking at that, um, also, uh, kind of preparing themselves to, uh, leave. So giving away of, 
uh, treasured items, so to speak, things that are important to them. Um, you know, they're gifting things to people that they want to have. Um, so kind of weeding through their, their things and preparing themselves to leave. That's something to also look at. So, um, those are things that, you know, look at when it comes to like behaviors, uh, you know, so that's, those are, so language, looking at language and looking at, uh, verbal language and body language. Um, those are things that you, uh, want to kind of pay attention to. Um, there are some things where, um, you know, there could be more drastic things that are needed. Like if there is a point in time where this person tells you, Hey, listen, because it does happen. It might seem a little theatric because, because of shows and movies that we all see, but there are times where people are bold enough to say, listen, I am feeling suicidal or I want to do this or there may be things that happen in the moment where you don't have time to have these one-on-one conversations and things are happening a little bit more rapidly um, where people will say if you know um, something is happening to somebody and they're like you know what if this happens I'm going to um, kill myself, whatever. If there are times when someone has expressed that to you in an emotional fit that they may be having or in the process of a situation, do not be afraid to call police. Okay. And I say that because everywhere you are, there are different ways that people, different departments handle things differently. Um, like I know in California, um, most police departments have, um, a specialized unit where, uh, there are officers, but they are, uh, they're sworn officers, but they are, um, a part of like the mental health department. I forgot what they're called. Anywho, they are sworn officers, but they're not um, like um, patrol officers. They are they're uh, on the force specifically for mental health or mental illness calls that come through. So please, 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 do not be afraid to call nine one one if someone has gotten to the point where maybe they are barricading themselves, talking about they want to hurt themselves or kill themselves. Or if they have expressed um, uh, that they want to or will kill themselves if a certain outcome happens in a situation, because that's some of the best things that you can do. I did have, um, I had a call like that when I was dispatching here in Virginia, where a young lady, I believe it was her boyfriend, um, who had told her something was happening and he told her that he wanted to you know, kill himself. And she didn't know what to do because she wasn't at his house with him. And she couldn't, uh, he told what he told her was, you know, if you call my mom, I'm going to do it. So she did, she was afraid. She didn't know what to do. So she called us. And as one of the dispatch, you know, as the dispatcher on that call, you know, I reassured her that she did the best thing that she could do, which was to call us to get him help. And so there are situations where you can do that. Um, They were minors. 
Um, but you can also do this for people who are adults. If you know someone who is in a situation like that, do call um, 911 and let them know uh, what's going on. Usually there are, um, most police departments have um, connections with uh, mental health professionals, doctors, things like that, that are connected to the department. So when they do have these calls, um, they they can be evaluated, whether it's um, on scene or whether it's a situation of officers taking that person to that facility to be evaluated by a medical professional um, to see what's going on. A lot of times, if a medical professional deems that person um, uh, not capable of being released, they will put that person on a hold. Um, but you yourself, one of the things about it, um, depending on where you are, I'm not going to say generally across the states, but from what I've heard um, from the areas that I have been, most of the time, um, you as an adult calling on behalf of another adult cannot request them to be on a suicide watch. Um, that is something that either that person has to ask for or they have to be evaluated. Um, they have to be arrested or taken into custody by law enforcement and brought to a facility to be evaluated. And then at that point, they will be either placed on a hold or not, depending on the evaluation that the medical professional will give. So that is the only thing um, as an adult um, trying to help another adult you cannot request them to be placed on a hold just because, um, you know, that person has rights on whether or not they want to um, to go that route. Someone can admit themselves, though. There are things that you can do as someone if you're able to convince that person to admit themselves. They can admit themselves to be placed on a suicide watch. So that is also something you can do. Um, one of the things that I will say, though, wherever you are, contact your local jurisdiction. Most police departments and or hospitals have like a non-emergency number that you can call. Um, call them and ask them how if someone is going through a moment where they're having an episode and they're talking about committing suicide. Ask them what is the best way for that person to commit themselves not um, to add, yes, to admit themselves, sorry, to admit themselves to a facility to be placed on a watch. What does that look like in your area? Because all areas are different. So if that's something that you just want to have some information that you just want to have um, in your back pocket, if you have people that are around you that are dealing with suicide, that is also something good to have. Um, also, I want to give you all some information to keep. Like I said, um, I have never dealt with suicide, um, suicide thoughts or behaviors. You yourself may not, but I always love to have numbers for people so that way they can call if I need to give it out. And so I wanted to provide you all with hotline information to either have for yourself or to give other people. All right. So, um, one of the things that you can, you can either call or text the number is, 988. That is for the um, suicide help um, hotline. Um, it is uh, confidential. You can call or you can text 988. Okay. Um, for veterans, 
um, they can text the, or they can call 988 and then you're going to press one for veterans. If you know a veteran that's having suicidal thoughts, um, they can help. And this is not just for suicidal people. This is a crisis hotline. Obviously we usually, um, pair that with suicide, but this is our, it's a crisis hotline that you can call or text, um, for veterans, there is another number that you can also text. That number is 838-255. So um, you can either, whoever, they can either call or text 988. If you are a veteran, you can call 988 and press 1. But also another number to text for veterans is 838-255. And that is a confidential crisis hotline. So... As we go through the month of September, love on the people, talk about mental awareness in your communities, talk about suicide prevention, find a a nonprofit or someone in your area that is specifically working on that and become a part of it. Let's continue to have these conversations with the people around us and that we love because suicide is prevalent. It is high, high, high right now, the rates of suicide. Um, And so we want to make sure that we are doing our part where we can, right? Sometimes our part is not having conversations with the person. Sometimes our part is being support to the support of the person. Sometimes our part is being a support to that person directly. So let's find our part in this. Let's continue to work together. And I promise you checking in on your Strong people in your circle goes a long way. I I promise it does. Because a lot of times, I said in the episode prior, a lot of times being the strong person means that we don't feel like we're able to be weak or vulnerable. And when we are in a space where we can, where we can be vulnerable, um, we just eat it up. Okay, and I say we because I am one of those people in my circle. I am, I am one of those people. So um, I want you all to remember that. Um, let's continue to, like I said, let's continue to have these conversations. Love on people. It is Suicide Prevention Month. Um, so whatever that looks like for you all. And, and it doesn't take anything to just give yourself a little bit of time to do some extra research on how to be an assistant to prevention. All right. We want to try and do things. We want to be, um, uh, we want to, we don't want to be reactionary in these situations if we can, if we don't have to be, right? So we're looking at how do we prevent these situations from happening. Um, and so do a little research. Do what you can on your end. Everyone can play a part. Um, what that part looks like is different for everybody. There's not one uh, one size fits all across the board when it comes to these topics. So find your place and, and do what you can in those to be a support to the people around you. All right. Told y'all we was coming out the gate. We're coming out the gate, but I wanted to make sure I get that in because we are full-fledged into the month of September. And so I wanted to come in and, and talk about that today. Um, all right. So I love y'all. 
<laughs> love on those around you. If you haven't, tell somebody that you love them today. And before you do that, if you haven't told yourself, go stand in the mirror and tell yourself that you love you. Because if you don't love you, we can't love you. And we want to love you, all right? We just want to love you. We want to love you. So um, I love you all regardless. Love you all. Welcome to season four. Once again, we are getting into it. Uh, I will see you all next. Oh, before I, before I say goodbye, social media. If you want to follow us on social media, I'm on IG, on Instagram. All right. You can find me at Weirdest Podcast. That is my social handle at Weirdest Podcast. Slide into your girl's DMs. All right. If there's something you want to hear me talk about, if you want to give a shout out, if you got something that you want me to shout out for you, hit me up and let me know. Um, and I might get y'all in, you know what I'm saying? One of these good little episodes. So once again, I love y'all. If you're new to the family, welcome to the family. Welcome to the weird family. All right. This is the world of weird. All right. And the world's weirdest podcast just so happens to be the center of that world. Welcome in. Walk through the door. Let's be weird together and love on one another. All right, y'all. I will see y'all bright and early next week, Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is 6 p.m. Central Standard Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All right. Have a good week. Have a good weekend. And I will see y'all next Monday. Bye.